We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and I am excited because today I am getting my first experience in this new uh, blended family experience here. I'm uh, joining a already dynamic duo that you know very well on the Pack-A-Day Podcast, um, getting to hang out with Matt Freilich. And for the first time, uh, Janelle Maggie, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, it's good to be back with Janelle. Janelle and I were haven't really heard each other's voices much, Janelle, or even <laughs> seen each other in the last like two months. And then I was hanging out with Dan and Chris talking draft. But uh, Janelle, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, the stress of finals. I think I'm the only one on the podcast still in school. Um yeah, well, yep, one yep. One of the younger ones, but yeah, sure. finals week, and yeah, I haven't been on the podcast in a while because draft started and I just kind of disappeared for a while, but I'm excited to be with this new little team here. You're you're immersing yourselves in NHL, Janelle, don't lie. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask. It, kinda, are, you lost me in the, in the playoffs, that's true. <laughs> it was perfect timing. Uh, I was going to ask if you meant like academic finals or Stanley Cup finals. So there's a distinct there's a distinction that needs to be made with Janelle, especially. I mean, both finals, <laughs> but you know which one takes precedence. 
<laughs> right. Well, I mean, you did wait for the perfect. I mean, we're recording on Monday night, and you waited exactly until uh, intermission of Game Two here in the Western Conference Finals for us to get started. So, you know, you can give us all the excuses you want. We just know you were watching that that second period. Um, yeah, the catch now. I'm pretty no, uh, <laughs> uh, no. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Um, we're gonna go in a an interesting route, I think, on the episode today. Uh, you know, with it being the off season, there's a lot of different ways that we can go with episodes between now and uh, you know, really the start of OTAs and training camp. And you know, as a lot of people are kind of looking inwards at the Packers and you know the the fallout from draft weekend and uh, free agency and undrafted free agents and everything like that. Uh, I had sort of an interesting thing come across my plate that I shared with you guys. Uh, and I think it was something that would uh, kind of stimulate us in this off season, thinking a different way and just kind of getting outside of the box of the normal kind of stuff. So I have to give a shout out to um, a buddy of mine. I should say just, I should say a mate of mine, uh, David Lidskong, he is a diehard Green Bay Packer fan that I met uh, at opening day this past year. He is from England, and he made his first trip to Green Bay and Lambeau for opening day this past year. Um, and he's seriously probably one of the biggest Packer fans I've ever met. And uh, he shared with me this article from the BBC uh, that got published this past week about the NFL opening their first uh, academy in London. So uh, if you're not familiar with how it works, uh, it's a lot like how um, uh, English soccer teams over there kind of work things where these professional teams recruit kids in uh, high school and younger. They go to these academies and while they're still getting their education, learn and develop their craft. And so obviously this being football, it's a pipeline basically for kids in London the North London area to kind of see if they can make a transition into the, uh, into the American game and hopefully move on to college. Um, it'll be up in Barnett Southgate college in North London, which is right near uh, Tottenham Hotspur, uh, the premier league team who just opened up their new stadium, which is actually the most NFL friendly stadium over there. The NFL directly invested in this new stadium uh, to have NFL games be played there. So it kind of opens the door for a lot of new things. And obviously, guys, um, you know, for the past about eight, ten years now, the NFL has had a very heavy presence with these international games and things like this, and this is just kind of the next step. So I kind of wanted to use this as a jumping-off point to talk more about uh, what the NFL is doing to grow the game and younger kids in London and England and uh, also kind of – take a look at how it affects the younger kids over here in America. And should we be kind of considering a different way of looking at, um, you know, the way we develop uh, NFL football players here in the States. So uh, I guess just the first kind of question to start off with, it's a real simple icebreaker. What are your guys' thoughts on what the NFL has been doing with this international series? Uh, You know, the games in London, do you enjoy them? Do you like to see more of them? Uh, see less uh, just overall thoughts on it uh, go ahead Janelle um, just to start like I I do really like the idea I like branching out across the seas I think sports in general really connect the world so just even spread it outside of the U.S. I think is important and it's big and 
um, there is people who aren't in the U.S. that do love football. So I think kind of branching out like that is good in a lot of different aspects, whether it's ratings or just like people being able to be exposed to the game. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, I I agree. That's a, that's a really good point, you know. I think sports do connect the world. It kind of gives you like that maybe depending on the sport, I mean, 2-3 hours of just like we can put our differences aside. You see that a lot in the Olympics. Um and I think it it needs to be an expanded um game. Um American football is huge. I mean, it's obviously it's wanted over in London, Dan, as you said, there's a buddy of yours that you met. Um it's wanted in Mexico. It's wanted internationally since the um you know, the, I guess the, the NFL Europe folded, what was it over a decade ago? I mean, I think Mm -hmm. it's still wanted there. So, and you see talent coming from overseas, you know, guys like OCU Minura, JHI, just to name a couple. And obviously there's more than just, you know, a few thousand um, buff and strong and freakishly athletic dudes that are in the United States. I mean, they're all over this world because you see them playing football, you see them playing, or excuse me, I guess it'd be soccer. Um, see them playing basketball, you know, in the Olympics as well. So it's, it would be great to just get all of those players maybe into one league in one continent or, you know, spread it globally. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll echo your guys' thoughts on it too. Um, you know, personally, I love when I get, when we get to see an NFL game in London, uh, not only for the fact that it's just kind of a different experience of getting to wake up early, on Sundays now for some of us over here that do watch English soccer it runs into my Premier League time but I really don't mind it because it's just it's kind of a cool experience to see uh you know what what it can be like over there and it really for uh, like like Janelle kind of said connecting connecting us all with sports it's so cool for me to see you know a, a basically what's a different culture uh connect with something that's so close to our culture here, um, you know, and I mean, developing the game, you know, has proven time and again in different countries to just make the game absolutely better. If we can go back to something Janelle and I obviously love is hockey. I mean, r- really, if you look at kind of those early days of the NHL moving into America, you know, that was kind of those Bobby Orr days. A lot of people kind of credit that as, uh, you know, the success that you saw in the 80s and the rise of the NHL and the American players taking over what was a, was essentially a uh, foreign game. And so to do the same with the NFL, I think, is only a good thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, you brought up uh, the NFL Europe, Matt. Um, would you like to kind of see a – is it something that can be attempted again here soon? Because, I mean, with the folding of the AFL in basically what was, you know, half of a season, and then the XFL is trying to get back into it, you've got the Canadian Football League up north, which plays during the summer. Is is it the right time for the NFL to do something like this? Or do you think that it's something more that the NFL should stay with kind of this series that they do now, maybe move it around to different countries and avoid kind of a full-on league. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's – I really just don't know if the NFL knows what the heck they want to do. Like, <laughs> NFL Europe was, like, the most successful non-NFL league. I mean, it started in 91 and, I mean, lasted for 16 years. Uh, very, very, you know, 
highly recognizable names coming out of there from Dante Hall, Jake DeLome, uh, David Akers, Kurt Warner, uh, Adam Vinatieri. I mean, there's mm-hmm. guys that played in NFL Europe that were impacted the NFL. I mean, Kurt Warner, for God's sakes, won a few Super Bowls and an MVP. So it's weird to me that NFL Europe was the one that's the only one that was like real successful. I know people know of the XFL and the AAF and, you know, people have heard of the United Football League. Um, Canadian Football League also super successful, but I, to me, Dan and Janelle, it doesn't seem like the NFL has like really fully wrapped their arms around the idea of like, hey, let's let's integrate these one of you know with us. I know the um, NFL Europe did that a little bit with a few um, North American teams in the early '90s, but it didn't really last too long. I just I, I feel like it's almost one of the things where the NFL wants to see all these startup leagues kind of like go through their bumps and bruises and then they're going to just grab on. You know what I'm saying? Like take, you you, know, you guys can start your own leagues or four or five of you and then whichever one lasts the longest or everyone looks more successful or sexier, we're going to grab that and you know invest even more money into it. Now, whether that turns into an international league or not, um, I think that is the push for the NFL as we've seen, you know, with the London games, with the Mexico City games, which brings up another point. I mean, the London games have been successful from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. The Mexico City ones have been a flop here and there. I mean, you've had games where the field's not up to par and there's just it's just poor poor um I guess kind of planning even though you have, you know, 7 or 8 9 months it seems to get something right and um I, I think they are pushing for sure to an international game. I just don't know what direction they want to take it if they want to make it like a whole nother um I guess, conference, like do you put 16 more teams, you know, internationally, something like NFL Europe, possibly there's those bigger teams or bigger conference, or do you want to just, you know, maybe integrate four of them into, um, you know, each league, you know, two and two or four and four. I, I don't know what direction I want to take it. And it's just, I think it's one of those things where people that have like so much money, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what the next best way to make their next billion or trillion dollars really is. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. And really, for the NFL's case, they're making money hand over fist at this point. So really, there's no Dan barely. They're barely making money. Let's relax, okay? <laughs> I mean, as, a, as an as an NFL owner, I don't see a dime of that. So I don't know what I'm supposed to be talking about here. Yeah, there's about thirty thousand NFL owners right now that are that are screaming out for their their paychecks. Um, uh, so I, I think really for for London, how does this grab you guys? Instead of maybe developing the league over there before anything, thoughts of maybe a Super Bowl happening in London Ooh. before anything else? Because I mean, if if you want, if you're getting, I mean, there's there's been 24 games that have taken place in London. Four have had or four have failed to reach the 80,000 mark in attendance and you know all those other ones they're averaging about 73 75,000 a game you know which is pretty much on par with a normal NFL you know weekday game at uh you know Jacksonville or Indianapolis or you know anywhere else any of these other teams that you know kind of struggle to, throughout the season and so I think if you really I think the next ultimate step for the NFL is to really bring this thing over there and I think that's to have a Super Bowl in, you know, Wembley Stadium or in the new Tottenham Hotspur uh, Stadium. I, I think that's kind of your next move before you uh, bring a league. And you raise a lot of good questions, Matt. There's so many logistical issues with it. You know, uh, 
the time difference and, you know, you've got players that come on and off practice squads and are they going to have to travel, you know, five of the five time zone difference to, to get over there and then to come back, you know, um, which I think kind of transitions us back into the state conversation is, well, why not have some of these things over there that are developing here in the States? And should the NFL be investing more in developing the game, uh, back here on our home soil. Uh, so I think we'll start, let's, uh, get our resident college expert on, on this Janelle. Um, <laughs> you know, with the way that things are set up here for the NFL, like we said, there's really no urgent need for them to change anything because right now things are working pretty darn well for them. Uh, is there changes to the college model that you would like to see, uh, you know, what what is your thought on the state of football here in America? Are there changes that the NFL should be making or that you would like to see kind of made to uh, the younger side of the game? Yeah, so you kind of brought up, like, bringing a Super Bowl across seas, and immediately I think, like, mm-hmm. that's going to upset a lot of people over here, but a lot of people <laughs> over there are going to love it. So I'm wondering if... Um, like that younger demographic, maybe doing like some bowl games instead of a Super Bowl, maybe do like college bowl games over there. Um, That's a great, I'm glad you brought that question to the college (laughs) soon to be grad. That was, I did not think of that. That's a really good idea. Um, You can do a couple over there and it's a little bit like, it's obviously less than the Super Bowl, but it still brings a whole new level of football over there instead of just like, oh, a week four game over in Europe. It's actually a game that still matters and without having to take away one of the biggest events over here in America. That's an awesome – well, I mean, and they've already done that a couple – with – I think they were just regular – I don't know if they were regular season games or preseason game warm-ups. I know Notre Dame has played over there in Dublin, I think, once or twice. Uh, So, yeah, that's that's super awesome to see. And I think, too, because – you know, uh, and I don't mean to ju- I don't mean to jump in on you here, Janelle. Um, but uh, talking with my buddy in England, you know, it's it's so it's a, such a stark contrast between college athletics here and it is over there. Uh, you know, over here, you know, when we talk college athletics and a minor league system for the NFL, that's essentially what we have now with the NCAA is a free minor league system for the NFL, and over there. Not so much. Like, if you want to play sports professionally, you kind of have to go through this academy uh, setup. And so, um, yeah, Janelle, I, 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 I absolutely love your idea about, you know, and I think that, too, goes back to the whole culture thing. What has more culture than college athletics? I mean, can you imagine Wisconsin fans doing jump around in a, in a, a soccer stadium? Yeah, <laughs> that would be incredible. That would be incredible. That No, that's... For sure. So, uh, back to a, a minor league system. I mean, if we look at this and say you guys are the NFL commissioner for, well, it won't be a day because obviously you'd have to, you know, stick with this. But if if you had the power to create a minor league kind of system in the NFL, how would you kind of go about setting it? Like, what are things that you would want to see? Um, how like where do they play? Are they playing in the summer? 
Are they playing at the same time as NFL players? Are they allowed to come straight out of high school? Do uh, these teams have a direct involvement to their minor league teams? Like, do they have ownership in them? Do they just contract with them? Uh, what do you guys just like, if, if you had the ultimate power here, what does a minor league system here in America look like to you? I think for starters, it has, <clears throat> you have to have the teams, all 32 teams buy in. So mm-hmm. whether that means that, you know, it's a, a, a smaller roster than, you know, a 53, I think it definitely has to be. I think it's more of like a, a feeder roster and it's, it's definitely more than seven as a practice squad would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's somewhere around probably total like that 90 roster that we look at, you know, before preseason hits. So, um, First and foremost, you have to expand the roster and then have the teams have, I guess, contracts with them. Luckily, I have a few colleagues that I we talk sports all day. I live, I work in an environment where we're we don't we're we're working, but we're talking about sports. And someone brought it up the other day, like why doesn't the AA or why does why didn't the AAF play at the same time as the NFL? I'm like, well, you know, that really doesn't give guys an opportunity to possibly sign to an NFL team. And then they're like, well, why don't they structure it? you know, towards the summer, it's like, well, then it kind of screws up a guy. Like if you have a guy that's playing in April through August, then all of a sudden he gets done with his AAF season or his XFL season. Then he signs to an NFL team. Then he's playing August through February, potentially. That's, that's a lot of wear and tear in your body to think you're going to be able to withstand that. So as far as time wise, I don't know. I don't think it can overlap at all because you're, you're going to want to use those players potentially. And it's, I mean, no one's going to watch those games in my – I'm not going to watch the games. I'm already sitting wasting a lot of time, as my girlfriend would like to say, on Mondays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays watching ball. Like there's no, – what? when else am I going to sit and watch football, honey? Like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday? Like I'm never I'm never going to leave the house. So like <laughs> – and I'm not going to sit and watch like – I just – I wouldn't watch it. Like I, I tried to watch the AAF. I tried to pretend I was a big Birmingham Iron fan and like it didn't happen. Like I watched a few games and like that was it. So – I think it has to – there's a – maybe that's the problem the NFL is coming across too is the one in my head is like when do you have the season like integrated with the NFL schedule? Maybe you have it for the first eight weeks and then like around the trade deadline like you can sign those players or something. But I, I absolutely feel there has to be a minor league system. We'll get into that more here. I'm sure you guys as hockey fans and I'm sure we're baseball fans and NBA fans, I am. Like I, it just amazes me that a you know an industry like the NFL that's super popular – with all the physical ramifications that come across with concussion and everything else, you don't expand your roster and at least give those guys an opportunity from whether it is high school or college to make a name for themselves. Like why shouldn't a high school kid who's 18, 19 years old, who doesn't maybe, you know, have the same looks as he would because he's coming out of a small school and Northern, Northern Wisconsin, not be able to go and, you know, try to play offensive line for like some, I already came up with a name. It'd be the Madison way. So like W H E Y, it would be the Packers affiliate. I'm already came up with that. You guys can work that as a running title. Yeah, and uh, kind of I'm... to go along with what you said with uh, like what timeline would they run? So kind of what I'm thinking with that is it sounds like I don't know maybe I misunderstood. It sounds like you kind of want them to be separate or like together, no overlap. Like it's either they're completely separate or completely. And and I don't even I don't even have a real answer, Janelle, which yeah. sucks. Like I wish I had one because it's like okay, so you have them like I I don't see a perfect yeah, scenario. I, like personally, like, I guess like going back to the big hockey fan and the way I see um, like NHL work with their AHL teams, they play at the same time, which 
there is a lot of benefit to that. I think um, the ratings would drop for it just because people are going to focus more on the NFL versus the minor league, but it benefits the players in the sense that they're still in that in-season mentality. And let's say there's injuries or you want to pull someone up or drop someone down. Um, I think having the seasons at the same time benefits in that aspect. Like let's say um, somebody goes down week two, uh, they go through their physical therapy and then they come back, but they play on the, on the minor league team for maybe one game and then they come back back up to the NFL level so I think kind of in that aspect because I know like that's what I see when I watch NHL people drop down uh, just to kind of even recover from an injury or if somebody's playing really well you can pull them up because it's still within the season so I think there's definitely a lot of questions that go into it because football is a completely different game than like hockey or basketball it's a game that you play once a week versus like three times a week. So there is a lot of questions that go into it, but I guess on my personal stance, just watching what I watch and other sports, I would put them together just so that the players can kind of have that benefit. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Janelle on that. I, I, you've got, I think you've got to have them play at the same time. And, you know, the, with the way that hockey and a lot of other sports work, you know, I, I work very closely with the minor league hockey team. They don't play as many, as many games. I mean, the NHL plays, uh, I believe it's 82 or roughly 82 mm-hmm. games in a, in a season. And, you know, uh, down in the ECHL, the, the second tier, they play, uh, 36 games or excuse me, uh, 60 games. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a less, less of a schedule for me, the way that I kind of imagined it was it running at the same time. But if you've got 32 minor league teams each week, the way I kind of saw it was only 16 teams are going to play every other week. So your minor league team is only going to play an eight game season and they'll play every other week, so you kind of have this rotation of when teams play so that your players aren't playing as long. They're not playing as many games. They have a bye week, essentially, between each and week to recover and keep them healthy. And then if you have someone down that's you know in a pseudo-rehab situation, they have that kind of uh, you know break. And you know I could see it – honestly, I could really see it working if, if the NFL – fully committed to this and i think it's more than just the teams but the nfl really has to put its brand and its money behind this to make it work and if you get teams if you get teams and fans saying these are your future players that are going to be playing for you in a couple of years i I really think you would get people to stand up and get behind these guys um and if you, I mean, if you put it on something like they play Tuesdays and Wednesdays in the middle of the week when there's no NFL games on, I mean, heck, as as a former uh, Bowling Green Falcon, like I can tell you all about Maction, man. Like you know, <laughs> playing Tuesday and Wednesday night games at six thirty on ESPN two, I, I think it could work. And uh, on it, I'm really glad, Matt, that you brought up your name because I almost went the same way. Uh, I went Madison. For my Packers minor league team, the Madison Trappers, their helmet looks like a coonskin cap. And I think that's where it all starts is the branding with the uniforms for me. Um, but so so really, I, th- I think what we've kind of come to is that we, we'd like to kind of see something 
changed a little bit, but at the same time here, I, I, I don't know if, if you agree with my stance on that. The NFL at this point really doesn't have a need to change what's going on. So a lot of this is just kind of wishful thinking uh, for the time being, but still something to be desired for the fans. And I think, too, uh, one of my things with it was I, I really dislike the whole uh, amateurism style with college football and basketball and things like that. And I think that this kind of system takes away from that sham and really puts the emphasis on giving kids that want to focus on sports the ability to and give them an environment to actually succeed in something other than sports if they so choose. Uh, so that's that's really my kind of final words on, on, the, uh, on the topic. Is there anything else you guys wanted to kind of throw in there as we're talking through all of this? Yeah, I I will add to that. I feel like you're you're kind of right, Dan. The fact that maybe there isn't a minor league system is because there's already one in place, and it's called the NCAA. So they don't really. I mean, what if it's not broke? Don't fix it. I mean, you have hundred plus schools of D one players that are going to basically filter them their, themselves out of the system, whether they be you know through injury or just not know cutting it or up to skill level and then they get drafted in the seven rounds and they have a chance to get undrafted free agent and work their way onto a team i mean it's kind of already set up that way um and then in addition like if you're going to have games on tuesdays or wednesdays if they were to do this i think something like putting it on youtube like a live stream Mm -hmm. or facebook we've seen i've seen some success with some uh, media outlets doing that um because that's a quick and easy way for someone just to be scrolling through their 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 Twitter feed or their Facebook feed and see a link to YouTube or whatever it is and just pop it in that way instead of actually having to tune into something like ESPN2 or ESPN The Ocho. <laughs> Janelle, any kind of any final thoughts or anything you want to add to the to the overall discussion? Um, I think kind of like you said, it's it's really wishful thinking. There's just so much that really has to go into it that you don't even think about. Um, I know just like other sports are completely different with their college aspect. Um, I know like hockey, you can like give away your rights and still play. So you can commit to a team Mm -hmm. and still continue your college career. So like if you bring in a completely different league, does it alter um, the draft? Like how does it affect everything? Like it would really alter the way that the NFL works completely. And like you said, they don't really have a need for the change, but I think people like are kind of hoping for something different because it's just been so uh, constant for so long that they just want like they want something different to look forward to, and I think that a minor league, as difficult as it is, um, and I know that the way college football works, it yeah, it kind of basically is uh, a minor league of its own, but bringing in. Uh, just adding in like those extra teams can give so much more opportunity to people who maybe you don't see in the draft, but all of a sudden you kind of see them in practice and you're like, okay, this guy's the real deal or there's a bust and you kind of want to drop them down a level. Um, It just, there's just so many questions and so much strategy that would have to go into it. But if it, if they could find a way to make it work and if everybody's all in on it, like I think it could be really fun to watch and really, interesting just to see how it changes college football nfl and everything in between 
Before we end this, Janelle, Matt and I gave our hokey Packers minor league sports teams names, and so I have a feeling uh, you, since you didn't bring it up by yourself, that you don't have one. But I'm going to put on the spot yeah, right I'll... now. You need to give me a really cheesy minor league Packers sports yeah, team name. I mean, Madison. That's definitely the city, but at the same time, I don't want Madison because. That's like when I get rich in the future and I, I buy an NHL team, that's where I'm moving it. So I don't want to take too much away from that. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of just messing around with it. Obviously, like my brain's in a million different places with all the homework I'm doing. But I feel like you have to incorporate cheese somehow. Um, or like I know that the brewers already exist, but we have to fi- figure out something that really speaks the language of Wisconsin. I think with beer already being taken, you have to go cheese. So I'm wondering if just something as simple as like the Madison cheese curds or the cheese heads or um, like, I don't know, string cheese, anything like in that area, even like ironically a cheesy nickname like that. But I mean, like that's where my brain was going. My my brain went a little south. Oh, my brain went a little south. I'm just thinking something as as crude as just the Madison farts. It kind of incorporates the beer and the cheese at the same time. (laughs) Is there there a a bratwurst angle that we're missing to all of this? Saturated fats should be more included, I think, yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, okay, before – and if I can get a a last – word in it like a one more thing kind of thing here something that i totally forgot to bring up when i was kind of doing some just basic research on nfl europe i I don't know if anyone else has knew this or if it came out when he had his 15 minutes of fame but big baller himself lavar ball is actually a veteran of the nfl europe and for one season was a london monarch and LeVar Ball recorded 28 yards in kick returns for the London Monarchs in NFL Europe. So that is your one thing FF fun fact for the day uh, before he went off and, you know, does whatever he does now <laughs> at this point. Um, well, I think that just about wraps it up for us. I, I really hope that you guys uh, – enjoyed this um i I think we had a really good time in uh in doing this uh just something to get kind of the creative juices flowing a little bit i know for janelle i hope this was a bit of a mental break for you in finals time uh and just a a fun way to kind of kick around ideas for uh for the future and what we'd like to do with the nfl so i hope you guys enjoyed listening to it uh remember as always to rate subscribe uh review you can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, where you can follow the podcast. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at DK All the Way. Um, Matt Janelle, tell people where they can find you guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M A T T underscore F R A underscore. Uh, in side note, the Packers did sign Mike Tyson today, not the boxer. <laughs> The, I guess, secondary gentleman that will be matched up with Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Talk about hard-hitting safeties. For sure. Go ahead, Janelle. Yeah, and then you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Hopefully 
Uh, I'm back to Twitter a little bit more after my little hiatus while I find myself in the library and in the books. But yeah, that's where you can find me. And then, um, yeah, can't wait to get back to talking about football and stop going to class. Talking about football and then, well, before then, we'll have hockey because probably by the next time we record here, uh, Janelle and I are going to have to have words about a possible uh, Bruins-Sharks-Stanley Cup final yeah, I'm, uh, I'm coming up. If your boys, Janelle, can get this together. Yeah, I, okay. What? <laughs> because I'm watching right now and it's been a little yeah, rough. I, they'll, they'll come back from it. Um, not worried. I did predict a Sharks-Bruins-Stanley Cup. And then, as much as it hurts being a big Charlie Coyle fan, I would have to go with the Sharks. So, like, I'm really rooting for him. I, on top of all the stress that I have watching multiple Game 7 series and <laughs> overtimes and double overtimes, I have gray hair. So, um, I think they've definitely, like, the Packers already kind of bring my lifespan down a little bit. And then playoff hockey happens and it drops even more. So... We're just going to hope I make it to the next podcast. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And, and uh, Janelle has promised us that she's going to shout out the podcast on her mortarboard once she uh, figures out what a mortarboard is. Uh, so <laughs> take a look out for that. On it's a graduation media. cap. <laughs> I would have no idea. <laughs> Well, uh, guys, this was fun. I enjoyed coming in and being like the new stepdad in this whole, uh, you know, situation. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I hope you guys stay with us uh, throughout the rest of the offseason. We'll be back in two weeks um, from now. But uh, until then, uh, we'll finish off uh, with a big Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Pack, go. go. Sunday night football in the start of a historic season for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers in the shotgun, here's the snap, rushes on, Rodgers nowhere to go, and he's snowed under. Back inside the 30, and Rodgers is down. Roy Robertson, Harris, Khalil Mack, and Rodgers unable to get up. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Down to 19 from the Green Bay 30, snap to Kaiser under pressure, immediately dumps it up right side, it's intercepted. Intercepted by Khalil Mack. Circle route to the 15, to the 10. He's to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Khalil Mack's had a sack, fumble recovery, interception return for a touchdown. Nine fourteen to go in the third. Chicago 20, Green Bay nothing. Wayne, I actually see Aaron on the sideline throwing. Well, that's a good sign. Yep, he is. Of the shotgun, snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, throws it over the middle. Randall Cobb is there. Makes a spinning grab just outside the left hash mark. J.K. Scott, Mason Crosby. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick is up. And it is good. So the Packers on the board with 3.37 to go in the third. Snap to A-Rod looking around and waiting. Lawson deep down the right side. Allison in the end zone. Makes a spectacular catch. Touchdown. What a throw and what a catch. And the Packers get back into it. 39-yard bomb from Aaron 
Corey Lindsley on the snap. Four-man line for the Bears. They're coming on a blitz up the middle. They pick it up. Rodgers looks. Lost. Left side. Got a man out there. Under a blitz, Rogers tight pocket steps up, throws the left, got Devontae inside the 10, head fake, cuts left to the 5, reaches, pylon, and touchdown! Oh, what a play by Devontae Adams! Snap to A-Rod, rushes on, has time, looking, throws, miss, got it! The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com